Hey there. This December, we're featuring encore episodes of Spark Joy, 2020 fan favorites for you to revisit over the holiday season and prepare for the new year. Happy holidays to you and yours. Be safe, be well, and Spark Joy. So for me, it's not about numbers. It's really got to do with what you really need. And once you go through the tidying marathon or even just tidying your wardrobe, it changes your habits because when you know exactly what you have in your closet spark, the most joy for you, you will know exactly what do you need or not need. And so many people tell me later on that they just kind of stop shopping maybe or change their shopping habits, especially when it comes to clothes. So for me, it's not about numbers. It's just to make it accurate what's really right for you and for your life. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. So each seller is a minimalist mom, bronze certified KonMari consultant, and visual storyteller. She is an Israeli living in Stockholm, Sweden, and has lived there for the last eight years. She is also the founder of Minimalist Me. Her mission is to bring a creative visual world of minimalism, Scandinavian design, and KonMari to her clients. Welcome to Spark Joy, Sarit. Thank you so much. This is really exciting to be here with you. We are thrilled to have you on our show. And of course, you being a certified Kamari consultant, we're going to start with a question that we ask all of our consultants that join us here at Spark Joy. We'd love for you to take a moment to go back in time mm-hmm. and think about that moment where you transitioned from being a big fan of Marie Kondo and all things tidy to switching to the idea of embracing this as a business and helping others apply this method in their homes. Yes, that's actually not so far ago. It happened to me like a year ago. I knew the name Marie Kondo and I knew that she wrote a book, but I never read it because I am a very, very tidy person. I was like this since I was a child. I heard about the book a few years ago, but as I said, I never bought it. I saw her name on a blog post of somebody I know, and that made me open a Marie Connery website. And when I did, I saw that there are consultants. And when I checked that out, I saw that there is actually a seminar that I can take and become a consultant. And then it occurred to me that that's what I have to do because I love tidying and I always helped others tidy. And I thought I can make it as a profession. So... It was exactly a year ago when I uh, I read the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. I read it because uh, part of becoming a consultant, you need to read a book. And when I sat down to read a book, there was one sentence that caught my eye and I knew that I chose the right thing for me. She is saying, the space I live in is graced only with those things that speak to my heart, my lifestyle, bring me joy. And that was the point I knew that this is what I'm going to do because I am living in a space, in a house that sparked joy for me. I was not familiar with this term, spark joy, but the book actually put it all together. 
And as being tidy and being minimalist and love helping others to tidy, I knew that this is what I'm going to do. And in two weeks, actually, it's one year since I launched my uh, blog and uh, Instagram that is called Minimalist Me. And as I said, reading the book, it put it all together. I knew that I'm going to do this for a living and it became my passion. So, Reed, so I'm super interested. What came first, your interest in minimalism or your decision to become a consultant? As I said, I always love tidying and I feel that it goes hand in hand. I always liked living with things that spark joy. I always paid attention to what I buy and I never liked trends. You know, I always prefer to buy things that will last long. And when I read the book, The Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and realized that I want to become a consultant, it went hand in hand for me, these two things, being minimalist and becoming a consultant. I know that Con Mary is not um, about minimalism necessarily, but I took it to that direction because, and that's why I called it Minimalist Me. It's about me. It's about my life. It's about being minimalist and a culinary consultant, combining these two things and trying to inspire others either to buy less, to choose well, to make it last. It's not my sentence, but it's a very important one just to live with things that spark joy. So for your question, I felt that I was a minimalist before, but doing the culinary, my culinary journey, I became even more minimalist. And for our listeners, it's important to make that distinction, definitely, because not all those who practice Kanmari are minimalists, or not all those who practice minimalism practice Kanmari, but they are cousins, so to speak, mm-hmm. where they are very related. They're all under this umbrella of less is more. And every consultant has a different perspective and take on Kanmari. So I love that it's very clear where your point of view is and how you've experience the method and how it has further reach for you when it comes to really focusing on the minimalist side of things. And we've definitely had other episodes that we featured here on Spark Joy, where we have talked to others about minimalism. And so Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to really define what it means for you to you and uh, how it applies to the work that you do with clients. I think that the term spark joy connects for me the most to minimalism because when I come to help people and enter their homes and explain them what the method is all about, of course, not all of them wants to be minimalist. And some of them approach me because I'm a minimalist and they like my style. But I feel that when I'm explaining people what spark joy is and letting go of the things that doesn't spark joy, that don't spark joy, I feel that this is a way for them to understand what it means to live with less because some of them has big difficulty to let go of things. And once they understand what sparked joy for them, they understand what they should actually donate or take away, uh, take out from their house. And the next time they're going to buy something, think twice before they buy it. Even if it's on sale, even in the supermarket or in uh, clothes that they love, think really good. What are you going to buy? Are you going to let this inside your home, inside your life? Will it support your life the way you want it? And I always tell them that, and they experience that themselves, that once they understand what is to live with things that spark joy, 
their habits change. You know, they buy differently. And, and I get this feedback from clients that I worked with. They really think twice, even if something is on sale. So in general, I feel that spark joy for me is very much related to minimalism in my perspective. For sure. And it's really an evaluation of joy, but also evaluation of quantity as well. I imagine the amount of things that you're keeping around you. How do you work with clients who really put a number around things or really try to find that intersection between joy and the number of things in the home? We often get questions like, how many bars of soap should I keep? Hmm. Or how many paper clips should I have? Yeah. How would you help them at that level? I have a question sometimes from people who follows me or clients that they're telling me, okay, what's the right number? How many shirts should I have? How many pants should I have? And I'm always telling them that it's not a question of number. I know that there are many methods about uh, capsule wardrobes and number of items you should have. But with my clients and also with workshops that I'm running, I'm not talking about numbers but I am talking about buying habits. What do you buy? Even when you go to a supermarket and you see that there is a promotion that if you buy five boxes of pasta, it will be cheaper. But who needs five boxes of pasta unless you have a lot of children at home, right? So I always say it's not a question of number. Of course, Spark Joy is very individual. And if somebody tells me, how many, uh, tell me what are the numbers of items in, I should have in my wardrobe? And I'm telling them, what spark joy for you doesn't spark joy for somebody else. So it's not a question of number, but think, how much do you really need? Do we really need to have five boxes of pasta? Uh, no, because the supermarket is just down here and I can go and buy one. I don't need to transfer my pantry to a supermarket shelf, you know, buy what you use. Same with clothes. How many shoes do you need? How many bags do you need? I'm walking around with one bag and I'm not changing it. I love it. It sparks so much joy for me. When it will be a bit uh, old or outlive its purpose, I will probably change it and buy another one that will serve me for a long time. So for me, it's not about numbers. It's really got to do with what you really need. And once you go through the tidying marathon or even just Tidying your wardrobe, it changes your habits because when you know exactly what you have in your closet spark the most joy for you, you will know exactly what do you need or not need. And so many people tell me later on that they just kind of stop shopping maybe or change their shopping habits, especially when it comes to clothes. So for me, it's not about numbers. It's just to make it accurate to what's really right for you and for your life. The question, does it spark joy, is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone. Extend your tidying experience by joining the Spark Joy Club, our online community filled with our clients, fellow listeners, and Kamari enthusiasts ready to support your journey. If you find yourself buried under clothing, stuck on storage, or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members, we want to help you finish your tidying journey once and for all. Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click on Join the Club to get started. And now back to the show. 
just a little while ago, you mentioned the difference between the number of things you might need for yourself or you as part of a couple and the number of things that you might need if you have a family. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's a real challenge for a lot of parents is knowing what the quantity is when you have a family. And I see this in a couple of different ways. I see it in the questions around what to keep when one baby outgrows things, if there's another baby, either a little sister or brother, or there's maybe a baby in the future. And then the issue, of course, with toys. How many toys do kids really need to have? Mm-hmm. How do you address that, you know, from your own personal experience as a mom and also working with your clients who have children? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's a bit challenging about that. And I can see it whenever I'm entering a home that has uh, kids and toys. I don't think that kids need so much things. I feel that because of today's world, there are a lot of things that are being offered to the kids. And I feel that if we will teach the kids from a young age, two things. One of them is to tidy. And second is uh, really uh, to choose things smartly and very accurate for them too. We will give them big values for life. Because for example, I'm from Israel and when there is a birthday party in the kindergarten, all the 35 kids bring small gift to the child, which usually it's a plastic thing that costs a very small amount of money. But it's really something that is not big, but you come home with 35 gifts that Usually you don't want to bring into your house. And I see it a lot whenever I give workshops about that. This question comes up and I'm saying initiate something different. I live in Sweden and in Sweden, it's not like that. We don't bring gifts. Of course, if a a child will have a birthday party in his home, you will bring, but usually it's very few things. And my point is, is that if you will tell your child, let's choose to do something else and explain them what it means to live with things spark joy and to live with less, then you will see the result of if you go in a shopping mall and you enter a store with them. And I'm talking from experience because I have two children. Now they're a little bit big. My daughter is almost 12 and my son is eight. But when they were younger, you know, whenever we enter the toy store, they didn't go crazy. And I don't blame them. Sometimes, you know, we enter a shop, you know, a department store. When it's hot outside, there is air condition, there is nice smell, there is big <laughs> promotions, everything there set for you to just come and spend your money. Same with kids. They enter a store. Oh my God, can you imagine the temptation, what they have in front of them? So my kids used to enter and because of course they are children, you know, they want to go inside a toy store, toy shop. And, and they went in and they looked around and we went outside without buying nothing when parents actually struggle with that. So I'm always saying also to my clients and also in workshops that you should start from an early age. And I see it with my own children. You have to see my daughter's wardrobe. She is turning 12 almost. And you can see it on my Instagram. She doesn't have many clothes. And when she needs something, we go and buy because the jeans were small on her because she's growing. So she bought one pair of jeans. Nothing happens if she wears the same jeans like three times a week. And it's amazing to see how from a young age you teach them values, you teach them to tidy, you teach them to live with less, not necessarily to go and buy, 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 you know. And now my son, actually both of them are saving money. 
you ask them for what they are saying to go to Canada to their cousin who just moved in and moved to Canada from Turkey. So for them, it's like, yeah, I don't want to buy a game or a shirt. You know, my daughter is a teenager now. So it's so beautiful to see how is the impact on them to tidy and to live with less. You mentioned shopping here in the U.S. We have Costco and Sam's Club and even Amazon sometimes really feeds into this bulk buying culture where it's like everyone saves more money if you just buy more. And even if you don't have any place to store it or you're packing your cabinets, just more, more, more so you can save. I'm curious if that shows up in any way in Sweden and how you can kind of marry minimalist principles with bulk shopping. Look, in Sweden, it's very different than U.S. We've been to U.S. in the summer, and I know U.S., and I know the shopping habits. And Israel is a little bit like that. You know, when we go to a supermarket, we fill in the cart. And we are more like U.S. uh, in Israel. In Sweden, no. I feel it's a bit different. It's also in the um, culture, in their style. That's why I love so much Scandinavian design, because it's timeless, you know, when it comes to clothes, when it comes to furniture, it's not trends. You won't get bored so quickly because next year it will be out and not in fashion anymore. Regarding US and also Israel, and that's what I tell my clients in the workshop I run mostly in Israel, is that, again, like in the supermarket, and if you buy five boxes, you get a better price and everything. Think, do you really need that? It's just there and it's very tempting to buy it. But I can tell you from my own experience, whenever I go to US, I don't like to go to outlets. I'm lost there. I don't buy smart things. I went to New York. I went to a shop I love. I prefer to buy a shoe in a full price, but they don't sell that one there. And I bought one pair of shoe And I've been wearing it the whole summer when I was in Israel and in Sweden now I can't wear it. It's super cold. But the point is, is that I just get lost in these places. It's like, I feel chaos there. The the things you have there, I cannot choose. I prefer to buy something good that will serve me for long. And I know sometimes people don't have maybe the money to buy. I understand. And I'm not saying you always have to buy expensive things. But also when you go to an outlet or to these big stores or even Amazon that now it's so easy to buy online, I don't buy online. I don't like it. I want to feel it. I want to wear it. I want to see how it feels. This is how I can experience Spark Joy, by wearing it, by wearing the shoe or whatever I try. So I believe that only this way you will change your shopping habits. Before you buy, when you enter a place, when you see all these promotions, ask yourself and you will be able to understand that, what really sparked joy for you after you will do the tidying marathon, the tidying festival, or even just tidying your wardrobe if you don't have the time right now to tidy all your house. You need to go through the culinary process to understand what is essential for you, what you really need what sparked joy for you, and therefore you will know what you really need. So then you might not buy that shoe, although it's in 50% off. One of the things that we love to talk about is this idea that consultants are now spanning the globe. In fact, we've had a few consultants on who are from vastly different parts of the world. And we are interested in knowing the kinds of challenges you have faced as a Kanmari consultant 
getting your business started in Europe and Israel, as you had mentioned earlier. Do people know what KonMari is around the world and what has been the challenges and maybe some of the advantages of having a business in in such a diverse set of locations? Mm-hmm. I'm in Sweden for almost eight years and I definitely combine the Scandinavian style and the Swedish culture within my content. I've been doing it for a year now. But I've been working mostly in Israel. I think it was a very natural thing for me to do. That's my home and that's my language. And that's the place I go so often. And I think that there is like I have an added value because I'm an Israeli living in Sweden. So whenever I'm approaching potential collaborations and because my content is Scandinavian, it's very nice for them and they like to host me and to say there is an Israeli consultant living in Sweden. She's coming here for a workshop. My challenge is actually Sweden. I am uh, trying to crack this market. I'm trying to create the same collaborations like I do in Israel. Within this one year, I became a content creator, visual storyteller, uh, which is my uh, second passion maybe after Conmary. And as I'm approaching people in Israel to have this collaboration, to host me for workshops, places that usually fit my content, like, you know, like Scandinavian clothes store designer and such, I feel that here they are less aware of Conmary. Uh, in Israel, it seems like everybody knows her. And in Sweden, whenever I speak about her, some of them knows her, some of them like, yeah, I'm not sure. And then when I start talking about her, they say, oh, she wrote a book. I feel here maybe there is less awareness and maybe there is also a culture difference. Well, you're doing an excellent job navigating cultural differences by ways of expressing yourself through visual stories. Your Instagram is amazing. Minimalist Me blog. So I hope our listeners get a chance to really check out your aesthetic. And before you leave us today, I'd love to hear your thoughts about what makes a good Kanmari consultant. What should someone interested in the idea of becoming a Kanmari consultant consider? I feel that what makes a good consultant is to have compassion. Uh, We are entering people's home, not just to tidy. I feel that's the difference from a professional organizer that I come in, you know, I just do what I'm good at and I go out. I feel that you need compassion because I can tell you that I've had more than a few sessions with clients and we always start with the clothes and it's a very emotional process. We are sometimes, the consultants are like mentors, like life coach, and you need to have that. You need to be able to support your clients, not just in the practical part of, okay, how do we tidy? You know, I'm very quick. I can come in and tidy a room in no time. No, it's more than that. You need to to have compassion and to be able to support them because uh, it can be a very emotional uh, thing to do. And of course, we have to ask you, what is your favorite tidying tip? For me, it's uh, a lot got to do with aesthetics. I feel that it's not just how the fact that the room is tidy. For me, it's a lot about what sparks joy for you in the sense of the room, of your wardrobe. It's important for me that when you open your wardrobe, it wouldn't be not just culinary folding. It will be 
it will be pretty to look at. It doesn't have to be like storage solutions that you buy and spend money, not at all. Small things, you know, like put a nice box that you love, that spark joy for you, that has inside your sentimental items or a picture that you hang. I have a picture of me on my mom. My mom died a few years ago and I have her picture with me in my walk-in closet. So put things around you that spark joy and to have the aesthetics around it. And I see that sometimes some clients approach me because they like my style and it's inspiring them a lot. And you can see it within my content that it's about aesthetics. And, and again, it doesn't mean you have to go and buy things. It's just to live at home, only the things that really spark joy for you and show them and surround yourself with all these beauty, beautiful things you love and that they spark joy for you. I love that. I said spark joy style. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, we ask all of our guests at this very moment, what is sparking the most joy for you? Mm, at this very moment, what sparked joy for me is the fact that on Sunday, I'm going to Tel Aviv again. Only this time, I'm going to be on a speaking event in Tel Aviv Art Museum. They invited me for two lectures to talk about minimalism. Usually my workshops are about Colmary, and this time they approached me to come and talk about minimalism. And of course, I said that I'm going to combine it with Colmary because this goes hand in hand for me. So I'm super excited now. It's a, a big event about uh, sustainability and recycling and, and minimalism. And they invited me to come over and I'm going to have two lectures there. So right now at this moment, this is uh, things that spark joy for me. Fantastic. And we wish you so much luck as you prepare and present. Thank you. Also, we'd love to hear any parting words of wisdom that you may have for our listeners. I think that when people are thinking about tithing, they think that it's a mission that it's not fun to do. And also what challenge most of them, if they live with family and children, is that they say always, yeah, I will start tithing, but it will never work. And what about my partner and my kids? And what I always say is that change starts within us. If you will go through this process, if you will change your habits, you will be able to help others. And it's a journey. Change doesn't happen in a day. All you need to is to want it. If you want this change, it will come and it will impact in a good way the people who live with you. Fantastic way to end it. Thank you so much, Sarit. And we would love for you to let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you, where you're hanging out these days online. So I'm mostly on Instagram. My Instagram name is minimalistme blog. I'm always there. If they want to reach me, I'm always available on the DM. I also have a blog that is um, minimalist-me.com which these days I'm working on it and it will become a website with my all my services. I'm also uh, recently started to teach a little bit Instagram. I'm working on the new website right now, which will have the blog inside, but it will change a little bit. But mostly my Instagram, I'm always there. Well, and we love your Instagram. It's really inspirational and keep up the great work. And thank you so much for being with us today, Sarit. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend your tidying experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the Spark Joy community or join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.